You are now listening to a Suffolk Free Radio podcast. The views and opinions on After Dinner Coffee are the views and opinions of the show personalities only and do not reflect those of Suffolk University. Hello and welcome to this episode of After Dinner Coffee. Today I'm here with Sammy Tadaro and we're going to talk about breaking old habits and the habit of being yourself. Welcome. Hey, y'all. <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah, so <laughs> this is something we both just thought of and that would be a really cool thing to talk about and kind of dive into like exactly how do we break these habits how do we get stuck in them all of that so we want to start off by asking why do we get stuck in our habits in the first place yeah so I mean personally I feel like it stems from a lot from what happens to you as a kid obviously I mean when you're growing up and all that but like I feel like I'm very stuck in my teenager, like very end of high school, like bitter my COVID, that COVID cut off the end of my high school career. So like, I think that's where like a lot of my habits stem from. Not proud, like definitely, I'm like very rooted in how I behaved in high school, even though I'm now a junior in college. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like there's the whole, like, healing your inner child, like, healing, like, those traits, Mm -hmm. but then there's no, like, healing your angsty teen era (laughs) that, like, I think we all need. Yeah, I need, I think I need, like, like, a step-by-step guide of, like, how to not be um, mad that I wasn't, like, the most popular person in high school. Like, I didn't, I never needed that. But, like, I wanted the validation so bad. Like... And then there's just, like, a bitterness. Like, a like, harbored bitterness. For what? Like, yeah. why am I bitter? Why yeah. am I bitter three years later? <laughs> like, I still am. Yeah. And the hard thing is, like, I think why they actually get stuck in the first place is, like, you are... If you're doing the same things, you're seeing the same people, like, you're kind of going about the same routine, mm-hmm. like, of course you're going to react in the same way. Like, you're reproducing that experience. Yeah. And you're getting stuck in this, like, memorized reaction. And it's, I don't know, it's something that becomes, like, moods become your temperament and, like, your experiences become your experience now sure. because it just kind of is, like, a loop. Yeah, I think, like... um that happens a lot in relationships because I feel like everybody had a handful of really absolutely atrocious friendships in high school yeah. and like that has turned I mean for me like I find myself falling back into like not trusting really good friends in college because I assume the same thing is going to happen even though yes. we're not to say we're adults now because very <laughs> much not adult but like we are, I feel like we're all, for the most part, past that point of being terrible. <laughs> no, that's so true. Like, in college, everyone is so much more mature, and it's like you're so used to the pattern of people not being mature and, like, yeah. reacting in these ways and having, like, I fully relate in high school. Like, I had some, yeah, chaotic friendships. <laughs> And, like, trying to realize, like, that's not the reality anymore. Like, the friends and relationships I have right now are good. And I sometimes still react in, like, a way that I don't trust them or a way that, like, I'm being dramatic about something because I think they have, like, these, I don't know. Ulterior motives. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some other agenda that they're on. When most of the time, most people mean well. 
Yeah. But it's just, like, the, the trauma of, like, one or two bad interactions that just... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just totally set you off course. Yeah. In, in platonic and romantic, like, mm-hmm. I've had these experiences where I just... I react like they're the other person, like... And then you're like, wait, this person is totally not the same as the person I had, like, all these other experiences with. Yeah. But your brain's so, like, used to it, almost. Yeah, for sure. So, we're definitely going to talk about, like, how we've been trying to tackle that and, like, get out of that. Um, and get out of, like, limiting beliefs. Like, labeling yourself certain ways. Like, oh, I'm so dramatic or something. And, like, believing it. Mm-hmm. Because that ties in with it as well. For sure. I mean, <laughs> I found myself being very judgmental in high school for no reason. Um, just, like, fully playing into all the stereotypes of, like, quote, popular people. Or, like, quote, nerds. Or, like, people, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think we boxed ourselves up a lot in high school. Like, for ourselves and for other people and I for me that's just been like very difficult to get out of and to stop being (laughs) like just rude (laughs) for no reason yeah which is tough to admit like I don't like I don't want to be like I was mean in high school but I was mean in high school (laughs) like right but everybody was like everybody had their defenses up so high that like it just came it just ended up being everyone was mean (laughs) no you're right like in my high school it was very like there was a lot of different very specific groups and there's like Mm -hmm. a hierarchy like I thought that was the stuff of movies but like it totally is reality at least in like middle and high school um and it's weird to, like, get out of that thought process of, like, I I definitely think in college I have, like, but, like, getting out of the thought process of, like, oh, this is my group, this is their group, like, mm-hmm. these are what we think, that's what they think, and, and judging because of that. Yeah. And, like, yeah, college is the place where you're definitely able to get over that because there's so much more, like, meshing. Yeah, like, there are people I'm friends with now that if I had met them in high school, I would not have, like, let our personalities mesh. Like, I would have resisted it, even though we would be good friends. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, that does. Yeah. Just, like, not even, like, letting myself, like, submit to being friends with them because I thought of them in, like, X way. Or, like, so, like, whatever way. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely people that I, like, we're so different in our personalities that if mm-hmm. it was in high school, we probably just wouldn't be in the same friend group. Exactly. And so we never would have been friends. And now we're, like, awesome friends because we have so many things to, like, disagree on and, like, teach each other. Yeah. And it's really, it's actually a really cool way to, like, grow from. For sure. For sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um. And not only were we taught to, like, judge other people and sort other people, but, like, we are also taught in a way to judge ourselves and, like, place ourselves into certain categories and boxes. Yeah, I mean, I always tried to, like, set the expectation that I needed to do things perfectly. Like, I've always been a perfectionist. 
not only in I think it started with school in mm-hmm. like pushing to get good grades and then that kind of just snowballed into like I like everything about myself so mm-hmm. I was pushing myself to not make mistakes or like do everything perfectly like be the perfect friend be the perfect daughter whatever but that's not realistic yeah. at all but and then I would like hamper so hard on myself every time I wouldn't be able to reach those standards that I set because they were so high so so high yeah <laughs> I feel like the exact same way it's such a good point like I think it usually does start with like academic validation and mm-hmm. then it keeps going and you're like wait if something about myself isn't perfect like how can I fix that yeah and do you just constantly have that like self-critic in your own head and how can you become a better person if you are hating yourself yeah I think like I valued in my family valued education so much that it just all became like one big thing so it just yeah once I and then I wasn't like separating myself from my school work and yeah. how I perceived myself yeah that's a good point and I think like to start improving on that like you do have to make those things separate like yeah you can't define your worth off of the grades you get and I say that like I don't <laughs> but, no exactly <laughs> but like I think you're so right separating it is like the first step into and it's it's like also I don't expect everyone else to be perfect I only expect myself to be perfect and I realize like the expectations I set for myself aren't expectations I would have for anyone else yeah so like realizing that too is like one of the the ways to like get yourself started and be like okay let's like dismantle (laughs) this thought process let's cool it a little (laughs) let's calm down (laughs) let's take a step back (laughs) And so we want to talk about, like, how do we use what we learn about ourselves to make the change, like, in our habits or in, you know, becoming the person we want to be. That definitely ties into disconnecting yourself from your work and, like, your relationships. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm coming into this point where I'm realizing Like, yeah, I'm stuck with myself 24-7, and that is why I think the way that I do Mm -hmm. about myself. Because I don't have to be stuck with anybody else for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But, like, that's that's all that you know, but you would know way too much. (laughs) So you start tearing, like, I feel like I tear myself apart about things that others will never notice. Yeah, I couldn't have, like, put it better. It's because you have to be with yourself all the time. Yeah. There's no escaping that. And so it's, like, how do we change our thoughts to actually, like, want to be with ourselves <laughs> 24-7? <laughs> uh, and you brought up a good point. Like, you can't really improve if you're in the same, like, environment or seeing the same people doing the same things yeah. as always. Like, going to college, like... You want to talk about that a bit? Sure. Um, I mean, I have lived in the same house at home for, like, 14 years. So Mm -hmm. I've been in the same space for so... I've been in the same space for so long. And even though I 
came to college in COVID, like, just being somewhere else on my own was so valuable to me. Like, I remember even in my freshman year looking at, like, Snapchat memories from a year ago and being like, who is that? Who mm-hmm. is that child in high school <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> behaving that way? Because it even just the moment I, like, had to be on my own, had to build my own relationships from scratch, I was able to, like, finally come into the person that I think I'm supposed to be as opposed to the person that my home built for me, my school built for me, like, my town built for me. I really love that. Yeah, like, become the person you want to be and the person, like, you're meant to be and not the person that, like, you were set up to be. That's such a good way to put it. And I I had, like, my experience, so I went to college the year before COVID started, Mm-hmm. And I was miserable. <laughs> I went to um, I went to URI actually, okay. and I moved there alone. And it hit me. I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know who I am. Like it it brought everything that I was like not focusing on to the surface. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I need to figure this out. Um, so it definitely hit me like you know, a brick to the face, (laughs) but I needed it. Yeah. And now that I transferred to Suffolk and like, am living in an apartment on my own, it's like, oh, I'm building the person I want to be and I'm building the life I want to be. And it's great. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely, your own apartment makes a world of a difference. Oh yeah. Because I mean, I feel very lucky. I got to like choose who I lived with. Um, and she's one of my really good friends, and, like, we have such great chemistry, we, like, get along so well, like, and I've just built this space for myself Mm -hmm. completely how I want it. Like, I bought a record player, (laughs) and, like, like, a whole stand, and now I have, like, seven or so records. I'm just, like, it's, it, it is really all about your environment, I think. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be able to, like, flourish and have the support system that I have if I hadn't left home. Yeah. You're, like, directly creating the environment that's going to let you become who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're right. I mean, when I lived in a dorm, I was assigned, like, random roommates, and that was part of the problem. <laughs> but We'll, we'll move on from that because we can't get stuck in our in our past ways. I also think, though, <laughs> that, I mean, I can't talk that much because I didn't ever have a random roommate, but I feel like that builds your character so much, living with people <laughs> that you don't want to live with. <laughs> Just because you have to learn how to deal with the, the worst of the worst. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and my roommates were like, super nice people so I got lucky with that but like they just weren't people that I would have chosen to live with like our living styles were so different so the place like just wasn't how how I felt like I needed it to like become the person I wanted to be yeah so now we're here (laughs) (laughs) and we also we want to point out like it's really important to kind of get like introspective figure out 
who like exactly who do you want to be what are the values you want to have like what are the traits you want to change about yourself and like is it realistic to change those traits yeah at the same time yeah I think that's probably the hardest part because like okay yeah you can get up and go anywhere if you have the means to obviously but like Mm -hmm. yeah but again that goes back to like oh my god I have to spend all this time with myself (laughs) and now I have to change things like that's just like daunting especially if you've already established yourself with people so like that's I think that's what like I personally I feel like I'm dealing with right now is like how can I change but also maintain the relationships that I've built and like not jeopardize anything in that process of like undergoing something that I need to do for myself but like I still want to be friends with these people I still want to like maintain this relationship but like is what I'm doing going to alter that like I don't know yeah I see what you're saying like because you're changing things about yourself so you're essentially becoming kind of a different person and you want to still have some of like what the person you were like established like Mm -hmm. the relationships and things like that but I do think it's possible and I think like the people that you want around you are going to be the people that like want you to self better yourself exactly (laughs) no (laughs) um but I know what you mean there's like this fear that like I'm gonna change this thing about myself and lose this connection to something Mm -hmm. which I think is what makes the process hard too yeah no yeah definitely or like the fear the fear of the unknown too like like back before I came to Suffolk Like, the period, like, in between, I was like, oh, my God, who am I? I was, Mm -hmm. like, blank slate, like, let's just build this back up. And it's not like I reset who I was. I, like, you get back in touch with the person you really are. Like, childhood things you loved about yourself. I really like that. Yeah, it's not. So it seems really scary, but I don't think it's as scary as people, like, make it out to be in their heads. Yeah. Definitely a lot of overthinking <laughs> comes with introspection because you yeah. are trying to figure out who you are, but you're also thinking about it like a, just like a lot. <laughs> right. So I think that you have to find the balance in order to actually get to that point that you want to be at, if that makes sense. No, you're definitely right, because if you're thinking too much about, like, who you are and it's not a trait that you want to keep around, it's, you're thinking too much about it, and it's, like, it's not going to be actually, end up being good for your mental health at all. So you're right. Loss in translation. Yeah, you're so right. It needs to be, like, definitely a balance upon thinking and acting. and, And so we wanted to also get into, like, what influences our sense of selves, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And this, it's a broad question. We're going to yeah. be... I mean, the main thing, I think, for when we... I mean, as teenagers, definitely social media, but um, 
just how we perceive ourselves versus other people, like that comparison part mm-hmm. is insane online. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Or even um, like how you think others perceive you and mm-hmm. you kind of fall into that, yeah. which is like a concept that is so true. And I learned about it and was like, wait, that's, it's, it's like metacognition. You're thinking of like, you're thinking of what they're thinking of about you. And it's just, it's too much. Like, you don't need to consider all of that all the time. Um, And you're right, social media, um, definitely more then, because I think, like, as we mature and come to college, like, you you realize it's not as great for you as you you think. And so I think it's not as bad now, but I definitely still get, like, FOMO or still get like oh I want to look this way or have these clothes or live this life like yeah that's been a big one like style like for me it's been like style and like overall lifestyle Mm -hmm. like oh I see all these girlies on TikTok wearing all these cute fits but like forgetting or not acknowledging that they also probably wear sweatpants and sweatshirts and like whatever they probably there's a very good chance they put that outfit on to make the video like (laughs) things like that or like for lifestyle videos or that kind of thing like you're or they are like setting it up to make it seem a certain way exactly it's like I was stuck in that actually for a while, mm-hmm. like probably in high school where you're like, oh, I want to live this like very aesthetic, like romantic life of like, because you see all these videos yeah. of like, um, I watched a lot of like um, videos in like Europe and stuff of them just having like the uh-huh. most beautiful, <laughs> lush, like everything was perfect. Everything was so aesthetic. And then I'm like in like North Reading, my hometown, <laughs> and I'm like trying to romanticize like the corner store (laughs) it can't it can't translate like that and it doesn't have to you can still have a wonderful life without having everything be like aesthetic exactly (laughs) and sometimes I'll even see like Boston influencers or whatever and I'm like are we living in different Bostons? Because this is not my experience at all. Like, one, where are you getting all the money to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Two, just, it isn't even realistic. How are you doing all of this in this city with what time as a full-time student? Like, Mm -hmm. I forget that they can collect clips from literally three years worth of time if they wanted to yeah to make me put into a perfect weekend yeah I'd be like oh I just spent the weekend in Cambridge and it's like things from it could have been four different trips that they took to Cambridge that they just compiled together not one day right they're not gonna show like the day that they just went to class and went home and watched Netflix like exactly because that's not what they're trying to portray to you and it's yeah, it's good that you brought up the Boston influencers because I always see them. And the ones that make me mad are like, Boston's so beautiful in the winter. And I'm like, sure, 
but it's also miserable. Yeah, have you have you seen the assault on the sidewalks and on the street that's in the slush? Yeah, how about we talk about two days after the snow falls, yeah. like right now, when it's all brown and gray and piled up on the corners of the street. Like, I would love to see some videos about that. <laughs> you haven't felt warm in weeks. Like, yeah, I I appreciate like. Oh, I love Boston because it makes me be like, okay, you know, maybe I should start appreciating Boston more. But, like, you're so right. They're not showing all these, like, the miserable parts. Yeah, I just think that's the absolutely horrid end of social media. I mean, very obvious, but, like, they're only doing the highlight reel. They're only showing you what they want you to see. So your favorite people online are having off days you just don't see that because they don't want you to know like they're not perfect but then Mm -hmm. as quote influencers that's so toxic because now you think you are being influenced to be perfect or like live this perfect fairy tale photogenic experience that like is only attainable by like one percent of people mm-hmm. and the thing is if you're not like regularly like thinking about that and realizing it's not realistic like and just kind of like mindlessly watching which like we all do sometimes exactly. it just goes right into your like brain and you start to expect those things and it's yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna have this perfect life every day <laughs> it's just not realistic it but then like because then you get sucked into thinking your life sucks like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the hole that I find myself in with a lot of those TikTok videos and Instagram and whatever. But you just end up hating your own experience, which isn't helping anybody, right. <laughs> doesn't help you, kind of discourages, like, you to stop going outside and, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, you definitely need that balance because I find like if I see a few of those videos and I'm not too caught up in it, I'm like, okay, I'll start appreciating things more and start like, you know, this looked fun. I'll do that. But if you're constantly focusing on those, like, yeah, it's going to make you hate your experience and you can't be a great person if you're (laughs) miserable in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so honestly, there's so many things that influence your sense of self we want to like focus on social media because it's it influences you without you even trying yeah the way that I yeah I watched the social dilemma yesterday which is a Netflix documentary and it's tells you about how like the way that social media is coded and the algorithms are served to you it's it taps into a subconscious part of your brain. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, blue light and, like, why you look at your phone when you get a notification, even if it's nothing. Like, you get sucked in so fast and then you're just mindlessly looking at everything. So, like, what I just said, like, that's taken me, like, five years of obsessing over whatever on Instagram Mm -hmm. to realize that, like, these people are living... Not the same life as me, obviously, but, like, pretty damn similar. 
And so even I'll see like some people I know from campus who make those kinds of videos. I'm like, that's not even your life. I know you. Yeah. I know you personally. And I know that that's not really what your life is like. And I get it. Like for themselves that might be like, oh my God, like highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Like this is so awesome. But for the mindless viewer, like the mindless scrolling viewer, it the perception is so different. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I was watching um a documentary. This is like very kind of related, but <laughs> about like Tinder and how how it's like geared to certain people and geared to like get your like honestly like dopamine system going like you get a reward when you swipe or you know what I mean it's like they they used the ideas behind gambling to design tinder yeah and with social that's the refresh yeah when you refresh your screen it's the same so when you get like that new post it's the same reaction as if you were pulling a slot machine. Right, which is which crazy. Which is insane. And I thought, like, Chuck E. Cheese was children's gambling, but it's actually just Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was smart of them, but, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's scary. Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't influence you that much. And then it, it messes with, all aspects of your life because it just completely alters how you think especially with like tinder and like dating apps like yeah i can't even i can't even mess with those (laughs) like they're scary it is scary and for me the personal one that i struggle with is tiktok i cannot get off tiktok it is Mm. like i know they designed it to be addicted (laughs) like to make me addicted and they did it right (laughs) (laughs) And now I won't even want to go on Instagram because it's too boring. Yeah. It's like, we're going a little off topic, but like it is just insane. And so I feel like though, how we like get better with that is I I know TikTok isn't good for me and I can't spend hours on it every day. So I don't, mm-hmm. you know, realizing your bad habits and figuring out what habits you want to replace them with. Yeah. I mean, even setting, like, boundaries for yourself with something like TikTok and being like, Mm -hmm. I'm only going to do so much TikTok today. Or, like, I love that not interested button on TikTok because the moment I start seeing, like, too many, like, videos that make me feel shitty, I'm just, like, not interested. Do not show me them anymore. Like, show me the cat videos. Like... If I'm going to be addicted to this, let it be cat videos. Yeah. Not something that's, like, actually going to break me. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. I mean, there's very unhealthy things that go around on TikTok. Yeah. And, I don't know, what are some other ways that we can approach making these changes in our lives? I mean, I think that going back to, like, introspection and kind of realizing what you want to change in... I mean, making those steps is, or making the actual direct changes is very difficult. Like, mm-hmm. that's something I'm going through. I feel like everybody deals with that at this point in their lives. But I think just being more 
responsive instead of reactive and kind of taking a moment to like not just use the fight or flight <laughs> yeah every single time and trying to approach it more sensibly yeah and that's something I still struggle with but yeah, I'm definitely same. better than I used to be and like if you hesitate for a second before you react to someone you already have time to start thinking about like am I going to react in the way that I used to that I don't want to anymore yeah and that's like the yeah that's probably the first step that I took um in fixing that for sure is being like are you really that angry at this person or is this feeling uncomfortable or whatever you know you have to like you really have to think about it and I definitely need to work a little bit more no, on that me, me too definitely done it too many times just acting without thinking about what will happen afterwards um and I think that's like I mean, calling myself out juvenile, like, that's very teenager of me, like, yeah, I hate you, mom, like, <laughs> it's, like, very just, like, angsty. Yeah, and that angsty just gets, like, trapped, you <laughs> <It> know, <laughs> in random times, I'm like, why am I behaving like I'm 17 again? Like, it is bad. <laughs> This is not what Zac Efron was talking about. <laughs> I know. I didn't mean to make the reference drop, but here we are. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I think that there's, like, it's it's not an easy, like, oh, 48 hours, I'm going to fix myself. Like, we got this in the yeah. bag, guys. We'll be ready by next week. Like, <laughs> um, it's a very long process, and I think that there's a lot of, misinformation about self-help and like Mm -hmm. the journey that people go on and like becoming their true self because that's a different journey for everybody like I'm not I can't take advice from like one like Oprah and yeah I'll be fine because it's Oprah like yeah (laughs) it's not a one-way thing either it's not like oh I started becoming a better person I'm never again going to yell at my mom like (laughs) You know, it's not, (laughs) it's not valid. And there's a lot of trends out there um, that make me especially, like, worried because they are, it's like how to hack your mental health. Like, dopamine detoxing. I don't know if anyone has heard of that, but it's like, you, you can't just, you can't just believe everything that you see about, like, this is how to immediately change your life in a week or something like you're right it's a process Mm -hmm. and you can like get support in that process I know there's like some therapies you can do um there's also things you can just do on your own to like you know go through the process without following trends or doing the like um what is it like the the that girl like routine the like waking up at like 6 a.m doing like drinking my green juice like do you know what I mean yes yeah yeah like the five to nine before the nine to five I'm like yeah that's great for you I will not ever engage in a 5 a.m workout before my eight hour shift at work like Mm -hmm. props to the people who can live like that but I think 
some of those like th- like the self-help like the that girl things like not everyone's wired like that. My circadian rhythm is not letting me get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to be so mean to people if I get up at 5 a.m. <laughs> no, I, exactly. Like, I'm going to go further back. Like, we're going to get yeah. meaner. <laughs> My number one hack to being a better person is sleeping a lot. <laughs> exactly. And if that means my day starts at, like, 10 a.m., which probably won't fly once I have a real job, but, like, <laughs> yeah. right now, that's working. No, literally. Um, And there's this other therapy, too, that I wanted to talk about because I just learned about it, and it's, like, a concept I had heard before, but I didn't know there was an actual, like, therapy around it, which I thought was so cool. So it's called Fixed Role Therapy, and it's created by George Kelly, and it is pretty much, like, you choose something that you want to change about yourself, maybe, like, a certain trait or a certain habit or, like, something like that. Um... And you just pick one, like one at a time, which makes it so much more realistic. You change that thing for two weeks while like in contact, I think you see the therapist a few times like throughout that to see like how it's affecting you. And it's like you pretty much are pretending that you're a different person, like the idealized version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes like you'll fall into that. Like if you're constantly thinking about like, you know, I'm going to be super confident or like, I'm going to be super like relaxed and you're Pretty much fake it till you make yeah, it. Yeah. And you have that like in your head every day. And like, that's your intention for the day. You can focus on one thing for a day and yeah. eventually it will become a habit. That's how your brain works. So. Yeah. I mean, I think the, one of the hardest things is like in this whole journey is trying to tackle too many things at one time. Mm-hmm. And I've been fighting that a lot where I'm like, well, why can't I just be better? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe because it's like more than one thing happening in my brain. Like, right. okay, I want to be more responsive, but I also want to be more confident, but I also want to do this. And I also want to like disconnect myself. Like it's, it's easier to focus on one thing at a time or like tackling it one by one like a checklist <laughs> even could right. even like be better than that yeah. definitely and some things like you might want to fix about yourself could be like processes like I know for me like I would love my emotional regulation to just be better mm-hmm. like less reactive to things that don't need a reaction and it's not like that's one trait you know, it's yeah. not like I consider myself super dramatic of a person or super sensitive, but it's like I want to fix this kind of whole processing system that's in my brain. And that you have to kind of break down mm-hmm. and be like, why am I like this? And where did it start from? Like how, you know, there's a lot more to to changing things that are like bigger. And you just if you go step by step, it'll be a lot easier to help yourself. Yeah, I think also tying into that that kind of goes into like the relationship trauma platonic and romantic that we talked about earlier (laughs) like if somebody treated you one way say in high school and then you're being treated like a similar way like how can you change that trajectory like I don't know if that made sense or not but um 
Yeah. I just lost my train of thought. My bad. I know. No, I know what you're talking about. Like, you kind of have built-in assumptions based on, like, what someone does that are based on past things that have happened. Mm -hmm. Like, here, I'll try to give an example. Um, Like, say you're crying and your friend doesn't help you out because she actually doesn't give a shit about you. (laughs) And, like, that is, like, a relationship that is in your past, right? Mm -hmm. And now you have a friend that isn't helping you out because you're upset. And her reasoning is because she doesn't know how to react to someone crying. But she cares so much about you, you know? And you're just assuming, oh, she's not helping me because she doesn't give a shit because that happened to you before. Exactly. And to change, like, that train of thought is something that I definitely, like, have struggled with but have been, like, working on, um, especially in, like, my romantic relationship. If someone is, like, standoffish in... This yeah for like a romantic relationship if they are acting a little bit off like oh one time that meant that they're gonna break up with me when that's not necessarily the case this time like they might have something going on that they aren't ready to tell you yet like there's just so many factors that mm-hmm. play into that kind of thing right so. So not making like assumptions about others people be- other people's behavior is mm-hmm. huge. And once you start like giving people the benefit of the doubt and being like, you know what, I think they are a good person with good intentions. Um, you know, as long as it isn't someone that's actually being toxic. <laughs> then yeah. you start mm-hmm. to like just be so much nicer and so much less reactive. Yeah. It really goes back to being responsive and just taking a second to, like, actually process what's going on. Mm -hmm. And something we also wanted to, like, bring into this a little bit was, like, self-help as a concept itself. Like, there's a lot of books or podcasts (laughs) or things out there that, like, I'm not a big fan of and I don't think they actually help someone. Um... And I think navigating that, like, you need to make sure you're aware of when you're consuming something, like, if it's actually helping you or not. Yeah. I think that ties back into social media, too. Like, there's a lot of self-help TikToks or, like, self-proclaimed, like, therapists on TikTok Mm -hmm. that have the one trick for you to overcome your anxiety and your depression and your sadness and your self-doubt there's no one way this is not like a key hole and a key that you can just <laughs> fixy fixy like no like there's <laughs> there's no instruction manual yeah. like everybody is wired differently and there's no right way and there's no inherently wrong way to yeah. get to where you want to be or you're supposed to be yeah exactly everyone needs like their own individualized approach and that's the thing where it's so hard to give self-help advice yeah because we're like you need to do what's best for you and it's like how do we how do we be more helpful in that matter but like it's true you need to figure out for yourself what you want to fix what you value and like have your own approach yeah be mindful of what's helping you because we can't we can't give you a, like, 
<laughs> a key. <laughs> like you said. No, like, brochure. <laughs> like, three steps for you to be the person you want to be. No. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, do you have any other major points that you want to talk about, bring up, or any closing thoughts? Um, I guess just saying that, one, we are not professionals. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have made that disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> and, like, I say all this, talk the big whatever, but I am very much embarking on this journey right now. Like, there is so much that I've talked about that I am preaching and not practicing. Like, and I know that maybe I'll listen to this back and be like, oh, well, maybe I'll let me check myself really right. quick. But, like, it's, again, like, it's a long process. It's not something you can just get done in a week and, like, whatever. It just, it's all about your mindset. And you've been developing that for however long you've been alive. So, like, getting out of whatever habits can take a very long time or a very short time. But it's just about, like, working on it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to wrap it all up. Um, so thank you for joining me today. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course.